podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hello, good evening and welcome to my Liverpool life, uh, our third installment of this show and I'm delighted this week to be joined by Mr. Carl Kopak. Carl, how are you? Not bad, mate, not bad, not bad at all. Excellent, excellent. Um, Carl it's, is... it's a lovely week to lift a trophy, isn't it? Well, this is it, you know, we should all be happy, we should all be <laughs> smiling and... Yeah, it's 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 a long time, but you're a man that can tell us about previous trophy lifting escapades, you know, and something that that's uh, a lot of us. Um, well, look, I was a kid when we last won it, but um, I do remember the time. But a lot of fans won't remember what it was like to be part of a winning machine, and I, I know you certainly do remember those times, and we're going to talk about those times. So. We're going to, just for for the listeners there, this is just going to be a show talking to guests about their love of the Reds. You know, what got them into Liverpool, uh, their favourite moments, favourite memories, um, and just sort of leading through that, just to talk about their, their love over the years of all things Liverpool. So I want to go back in time to 1981. It's a different time. Charles marries Diana. There's racial tension with the toxic riots and um, Yaza Yews has gone around asking anyone who listened to Giz a job. But it's also the very first time that you go to the match. Is that right, yeah. Carl? What it do you remember my, of that? My first game was November 1981, so it would have been my 13th birthday. Uh, if people are thinking that's a bit late to go to the match, isn't it? And it was, it really was in those <laughs> days. Uh, my family are blue and my dad, uh, he didn't have a hatred of Liverpool. It was just sort of, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'll take you to Goodison, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to take you to that place. Um, so I went with uh, my mate Chi, long story why it's called Chi. And um, he was still my mate, literally the last person I spoke to tonight was my mate Chi. So we went, um, we, we were both 13 that month and we went to see the European champions yeah. play um, Southampton at Anfield. I want to say it was about the 25th of November, and it was just before my birthday. And um, Anfield was much different. It was a horrible pitch. I think there was, might have been yeah. a bit of sand around the place. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's of, of my my vintage, they might remember it was the time when Southampton, it was a decent side. They had all the old England captains. And more importantly, it was the time that Kevin Keegan came back to Anfield. Yeah. And there for the first time. And they had that great Patrick kit. 
uh, with with the, with the, everyone had the Patrick boots on with the two white stripes down the sides at the back. Yeah, yeah. Which which didn't they were never going to rival Adidas in my school, but it was all right to wear them. Yeah, you're okay. It, it wasn't a wall thing to be seen where to be wearing Patrick. Um, and it was a game, and Liverpool were terrible. <laughs> Liverpool were absolutely abject. Oh, we lost, uh, we lost, we lost one nil. We lost one nil. Who scored? Do you remember? Right, um, Steve Moran, who was later involved in a rape accusation. Uh, accusation. Oh, so you know, bad day all round. I think. <laughs> no, if you're going to remember one thing, you know, it might as well be that. But yeah, they had Mick Mills, Keegan, they had Dave Watson, not the Everton player, the one who played for England before. Yeah. Um, uh, that sort of thing. We had the yeah. classic midfield, and um, I was in the Kemlin by sort of by the nearer the corner flag of the Anfield Road, I'd say. And um, the seats were horrible, sort of grey wood. Uh, <laughs> very much a different ground in those days. Yeah, with, with with Bob Paisley sort of like you know never leaving his dog out the other side of the ground. Yeah, um, it, it, it it does feel as long ago as that sounds. I know, and that that's the <laughs> thing. It does. It seems like another world, doesn't it? It's yeah. And when you see the footage of that era, it looks like another world. Um, but it was it was a glorious period for Liverpool. You said they're they're the reigning European champions. But 81, 82, that there was big changes in the team then, wasn't there? Because even though some of the guys were in the reserves, you had sort of. Ian Rush was coming into the into yeah. the fold. Bruce Grobler, I think, comes in that season. Uh, the cops Whedon. sang I, 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 Brucey that day. Yeah. I remember that go. really clearly. Yeah. Not for very long because they, they were still trying it out. It was, it was Grobler's first season, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, he'd come in and he'd, he'd, um, I think he hadn't overly impressed that there was a few, uh, few hairy moments which I think would define Brucey as he went through the years. And anyway, but I think when you're taking over from, I suppose, Claim after so many years, and you get the greatest Liverpool bit, goalkeeper as he was in those days, yeah, yeah. And you get a bit of an eccentric guy like Brucey, I suppose it was a big, a big change. But, um, was that the year they started and were, were poor up until Christmas and then came back in the second half of the season? Was that the, was that the season? 82? Uh, yeah, I think it was actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think that was from what I can remember, that was a it wasn't a great time for us. Certainly. I remember Ipswich were coming through a lot at that time as well. You know, they yeah. had John Walker and Eric Gates and people like that yeah, around that right. side. And I remember going home and sort of not feeling, not disappointed as such, but not really feeling surprised by that. Yeah. Where, where, where I was going later in the mid-80s, that I mean, I'll never forget there was, there was a time when I was on the cop waiting for the team to come out. And I remember thinking for the first time, what, what happens if we lose? And I honestly hadn't considered that was an option at all. It was go to the cop and, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is a 1-1 draw. Yeah, and, you know, you know that, that sort of thing. But, but I think I think in 81, 82, there, there was a sense of... Um, I think that was the year before, actually, when we were on... No, no you're right. It, it was it was Boxing Day 81 where we lost against Man City, I think. I'm yeah. going to it up now. It um, probably was, I suppose, if they, they'd made a lot of the changes, the, the new lads had come in, it was probably accounted for the slower start. Um, but, like I said, they, they were replacing some some good, good players. Um, Ray Kennedy, Ray, Jimmy Case. Yeah, Ray, Ray and Jimmy were going that season. I oh, think, was actually, there. uh, there's, there's the first reference to him. Uh, I, yeah. was, uh, I think that might have been Ray Kennedy's last home game. I, oh. I think I looked it up once and... and you know, I started to look up, but sort of didn't believe it because that'd be too much of a coincidence. I only ever saw him once, and it was his last game. Um, I say because my family were blue. I used to, I was, I had to make sure it was kick off on ITV on a Sunday yeah. and be and match of the day when we were on. Which don't forget, in those days, showed second division games <laughs> as well. So um, yeah, so yeah, you're not just, getting I, a full highlights package on that. No, like you know, I remember uh, I was talking to Mike Nevin about this recently, and and saying. 
Radio Merseyside and Radio City used to do this thing where um, they would, at three o'clock, the game would kick off, and then they'd announce what the second half commentary was. <laughs> and it was usually whoever was home, like or saw Everton. And there's also, uh, when we used to go to the game in those days as well, there was a, <laughs> it's just ridiculous when you think about it now, you'd go you'd go sort of for the main stand, sort of the cop corner, and you'd see the big, big massive BBC vans and think, we're on match of the day tonight. And that was a treat. Yeah. Because like we weren't always on match of the day. They showed one game for about 10 minutes, and then they talked about it for 20 or whatever. And then we weren't always on match of the day. League and European champions, let's remember, not always on match of the day because Tottenham might be playing Chelsea. Yeah. You know, and they make that match of the day. So, so you know, that, that was what the times were like in those days. So if you look back at that Southampton 81 game, it is on YouTube. And um, it looks like the Sapruda film. <laughs> Honestly, it looks like it's really shaky and grainy and everything. Yeah. I'm not that old. Uh, and, you know, but it's just like, you know, 1981, it, it looks like some bloke's done it on a cine camera <laughs> somewhere in the paddock. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it is a long. But that, that was that was a weird season because you've also got to remember this is the time when we've just we're just about to see off Forest, yeah, uh, and um, they've just obviously they, they, you know they, Forest are European Cup winners. Villa have just won the league as well. They're coming through with Peter Peter Weir, who's a scouser, which is also slightly annoying as well. Mm-hmm. And that time they've got a former United United goalkeeper in goal and Jimmy Rimmer and yeah. things like that. So. But we had Sunes, and that's what I remember more about Enethos. We got, we got, it doesn't matter, we got Sunes, and, and Sunes just won everything. Yeah, we spoke on a show there recently about Sunes, about, uh, and look, I, I didn't see peak Sunes, but my family are big Reds and would have been huge fans of uh, Graham Sunes. And we were saying, you know, people of a certain generation don't understand. They know Sui the commentator, but they don't know Sunes the player. And he was just, he was everything in the midfield. I wasn't, he rolled into one, but he, he was keen plus goals. He could play ball and he could put the foot in as well. He was, he was an unbelievable player. And you would have been lucky to be right there. True. What the Suna signs in 78, is it up to 84? 78, up, yeah. Yeah. 84. So you're getting you're the, Santoria. yeah, the, the, the peak years. So you touched on it there. Your father was a blue and mm-hmm. you got, you're 13 years old there going to your first game. So, after that, is it regular games or is it sort of just here and there? You're just going to a game a year, the, maybe. The, the odds went up. I remember I went to see Q, we, we played QPR in about 83 or something. And I remember going to that. I can't remember the score. It was the, it was the odd one every now and then. Um, but because um, my mates went, but they, they went with their dads. Yeah, and, and you know they went in the stand. I wanted to go on the cop, and we weren't old enough to go on the cop. And that's how yeah. you know the old days where you go on the paddock, then you go on the cop, and you know the, we, we didn't do that in those days. Um, so I sort of had to wait till basically till I'd left school. So I was doing like the one one or two games a season, always Anfield, never away. And um, until about eighty five, eighty six, then I basically got a grant. <laughs> I got, got a student grant, to, and, and and the match was cheap. You know, it was two fifty yeah. to get in. So you know, as long as you got there early, you were going to the match. Yeah. But no, it's not. It's not like now, you know, where you know you've, you've got to basically plan months and ahead and you know book things. So, um, but you know, in, in those days, it was a pretty much a case of if you've got money, you're going in. Um, I just didn't bother going in because basically I couldn't afford it as well. I, you know, and also that was around the time, of course, when I started discovering albums, and I had yeah. a paper rounds, and therefore uh, I remember. God, I really, really sounded old man, Nicky, but um, I remember the Jam released the Snap compilation 
in about 1983 or something like that, and it was six quid, and it cost me three weeks' pocket money to join. I'm starting to sound like my granddad. I don't want to do this. I'm going now. Uh, but I remember, I remember save, saving up to buy an album, saving yeah. up to buy an album, and you know that was what it was like. And if it, in those days, if it was that or go the match, it was one or the other. I'd spend my money on the match, or I'd spend my money on yeah music, music in general. I know it, it wasn't a case of doing both, and again, no, it's it was definitely one or the other, definitely. Yeah, that's and that's something like I said. Nowadays, people will take for granted. You know, it's um, yeah. it's it's a different era. You go to the match, or you you buy our records. But it, pop culture was a big thing back then as well, because you had terrorist sort of culture, and you know the the casual culture, which Liverpool was sort of at the forefront of at the yeah. time. So, you're you're talking about all the branded clothes that they're going to Europe, they're coming back, they're wearing all the brands. Was that something that you were involved in at that time, or was it something you didn't really pay too much heed to? You know, the, well, the, the club funny, and all that. It's funny you say that because, uh, to be honest, yes and no, because uh, I like the jam, I like the style cancels, therefore I quite like the mod stuff. So I wasn't really interested to, to Sheeny or, or Feel or anything like that. But um, I said this to Mike Nevin recently. Uh, I um, my my school was. If Liverpool Education Authority, they should have put it on the forms, like, you know, your your son has been accepted into the school. Please bearing in mind that the very minimum is Adidas Samba. Yeah. That's, otherwise, you're not coming in. Adidas Samba, very, very minimum to come in to this school. So I remember about 81, if everyone had, um, had one of the three, Bamba, Samba or Mamba, you had to have one of those three, even if you weren't into that sort of thing. Even the kids who just weren't into that sort of thing, they had to have Adidas shoes. Yeah. And, um, you know, all school uniforms, everything, but the, the teachers didn't care about the shoes because... Never, no formal shoes because you know trainees were fine so th- yeah. there was always that element of it going on all the time but i can remember like you know th- what the terrace culture is like all the time you know sort of the two-tone adidas jackets and stuff like that uh and you know e- even even puma made the late entrance in the 80s be- <laughs> early 80s because kenny dalglish wore them yeah and these, and these are important things you know this there's no replica kits in those days no one did anything any of that at all but you know um if you wore uh, um puma dalglish boots that then you were the man Absolutely, you know, yeah. to play a game footy with your mates because they cost, you know, they were over 20 quid. God, I am yeah. sounding like my granddad now. Well, I am know, not that old, promise. I promise you, I'm not that old. A few of the lads in the chat there are feeling this. Kev O'Sullivan says, God, this is how I sound at times as well. And <laughs> I'm really sorry, playing. Kev. Avo saying Mr. Kopak is of my era. So we do have a few lads in here that will remember all this stuff um very well. So look, it's it's something that was when then you look back at that era, it is a big sort of part of it. Um and it's it leads in. So you you've sort of gone semi regular then to the match. But uh, what is it, eighty five, eighty six when you start? Eighty five, eighty six. I'm 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 planning Saturdays now. Yeah. At that age. That that was a big thing. And it was it was always the same routine, and it's still it's it's changed these days. But there's still certain things I do. I've still got the uh, so so what I do. I, I'm a mate, Chi, and I would go to the cop. We'd go in at the uh, main stand cop corner flag end into that, um, and I would go about halfway into the cop, not quite to the sort of the left goal post of the cop facing you know facing the towards the other end uh, road end. At about, I'd say a third of the way down, I'd say. Sorry, a third of the way closest to the pitch. That was where I'd start anyway. They got, and you know, everyone wants to stand in front of a turnstile because you know yeah. anyone who stands behind one hasn't been to that ground before. That's a really, really easy way to get crushed. Yeah. And um, you know, so that's where you'd start. And of course, these are the days when, if anything happened and you moved your shoulder, sixty lads would run past you because you're holding them up without you realizing it. And uh, I do miss that sort of thing. But even then, I was. 
I, I still do the same things now that I did then, which I need, I've got two superstitions and they're ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. I can't look at the pitch until I'm at my seat or when I was standing on the couple. I'll always look down, then I'll just say, then I'll look at the pitch. Yeah. Don't know why. And um, I never ever sing the first verse we can have walk alone. Just the first verse. You just the first. Then. Never yeah. ever done it ever. But I think that's also because I have to wait till we decide what key we're doing this week. <laughs> because by the because by the second verse kicks in, then you know, you know, it's when you walk through a storm, you know, so it goes yeah. either. So by the second verse, right, I know what we're doing now, you, right? I can, I can do this now. Wait until you're comfortable and then you can jump I like to in come in. Way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said I told that to Paul Matron once, and he said, "Well, it's like Westlife, like you know, finger in the air, <laughs> you know, standing off the stool, ready to join in." That's that's pretty much what I'm like, and you know, and I've been doing that since 1985. Excellent. So you're yeah, so, what 17 at that stage, is it? About 17, yeah. About 17. So yeah. it's it's I suppose the the adulthood there, 17 year old back in 1985 is isn't like a 17 year old now. It's um, it, it, it literally like, is. What 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 pub can you get served in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, that, that's the most important thing about your Saturday. Where can I get served? Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's that's all part of the match day sort of um, routine, isn't it? You know, you're going, yeah. you'll get a you'll get a point, you'll get off to the match. Nineteen eighty five, obviously, um, we'll take it down a bit here. Nineteen eighty five, Hoysel happens, and yeah. you start going the following season. Is it just Anfield, or were you going to Wales as well at that stage? No, I wasn't. I, I was. Pretty much, I remember the odd trip to Man City. Yeah, but it, it, it wasn't like nothing as regular as I am now. But um, it was no, no, not really. I remember I went in '88 to Man City in the cup and got hit by a two pence piece. <laughs> remember that really clearly, and uh, and didn't mind, which is even weirder. But no, it, um, it was isn't it? Yeah, but it, it was around. So that that season, Kenny's first season, yeah. it was in the air. Heisel was always in the air because you know. No matter how much you say yes, but yes, but yes, but yeah. people died, exactly. and it was always the sense of like you know ugh, we can't defend that, and yeah. and it, it, it maddens me when people like saying oh yeah yeah you know you you're never contrite about high sub or anything like that yeah yeah we fucking were yeah yeah we, we really exactly. were that that's one of the worst things I think is the sort of point scoring that people look for and throw out Hoysel like without knowing a single thing about. Hoysel are about Liverpool fans. It's an easy weapon to beat them with. But you're there in the in, in the in the thick of it. Post Hoysel, you're going to the game. Uh, was there any sort of animosity? Now, I suppose at Anfield, maybe not as much. But could you sense the animosity from the rival fans? Are you far enough away that you wouldn't have been pretty much too far away? So basically, yeah. in those days, the away end was the Anfield Road stroke Kemlin corner. And it really was just that corner. Of course, it's all standing so they can get as many people in. Yeah. So it's the other side of, of the alley roads where they are now. And they, yeah, they're just too far away. And it's mostly your shit, ah, you know, that, that sort of thing. It's, it's nothing yeah. heavy at that point. Yeah. It's, um, these are the days when uh, some people in the chat might remember that it was um, uh, when they used to have the big um, tin on the pitch. Uh, before <laughs> People might remember that. Before, before Liverpool came out, there, there was a, a sign of uh, they had like an oversized crown paints um, tin on the pitch, and I don't think anyone ever bought a crown paints product just because that was on the pitch. But it, <laughs> yeah, you never it, 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 was, it was just weird. 
yeah, uh, I'm sure a few of the lads in the chat will remember that well. Um, the, as I said, there's a few of them are of that vintage. So you're going to the game 85-86. So as you touched on there, it's Kenny's fourth season. He's player manager at that stage. He's still, I don't know how many games he plays that year, but I think he does. He's still quite regular, isn't he, in that season? He comes but, in because Paul Boss gets injured, yeah. Yeah, uh, so he, he plays a lot of games. But Rushi is, is banging in goals. And we go, oh, there's Avo there. He says he remembers it well. So, uh, yeah. You know, I knew there'd be a few of them that I'd, that I'd remember this. But you're going to the match regular now, 85, 86. Um, could you sense um, what Kenny was going to do or were you a bit unsure? You know, a young player coming in as a player manager, what did you make of that at the time, the appointment? Was it was it an interesting one to you or was it just a natural, this will work because Liverpool were just a, a winning machine? Well, it was it was rumoured that to be Phil Neal. Yeah, for a while, and obviously Phil Neal didn't like the fact he didn't get it. Yeah, but of course, what is more important is Kenny could do no wrong. Yeah. And and till you my age, I'd never ever seen Kenny Douglas make him make a mistake in his life. And you just think. And I remember there was a documentary that came out about Kenny's first season, and Ronnie Moran said, and God, I adore Ronnie Moran. Kenny just came in and said, Kenny comes in, and he, his words were, he goes through the mill like the other players, and if he needs any help, he's got Bob Paisley up the corridor. He was advising him in his first season. So I was sort of, well, we've won the league. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Ronnie Brand said so. Ronnie yeah. Brand says so. Bob Pacey's up the road. Then all he's got to do is say yes again and just do it like that. And, you know, Kenny was disagreeing with them at that point. And then, of course, the big difference with Kenny as a player is he really did lose Seahart that year, obviously, because he's got so much going through. He can't train as much as anyone else, you yeah. think. And he's getting older. So, like, you know, when he scores goals, it's a, it's a big deal. When he scored um, the first goal at Goodison in the 3 2 win, yeah. uh, and you just think, A, it's a derby. B, it's it's a really aggressive derby because it's them. And then we need a big goal. He scores in 30 seconds. It's the manager. It's the greatest player of all time. And it's one of his greatest ever goals. And you just think, yeah. what's going wrong here? And then, of course, they beat us at Anfield, which hadn't happened. <laughs> it was not to that. They beat us in 84, I know. But yeah, so they, that, that was a... They were a really good team back then, but weren't they? Like, it's, Everton... it's still underrated. Yeah, it, it's weird if you think about it now out of context where you know City the the enemy and it was Chelsea once and what have you I think the Everton side of the mid 80s is one of the greatest football teams I've ever seen absolutely seriously honestly they were yeah. incredible the Kendall side when they came to Anfield it was a when I was saying before like you know what happens if you lose this game I've never thought of that before you thought about it on Derby Day there's every yeah. chance right from the second that um, Graham Sharp scored that goal against us at, at the Annie Road end yeah. you, you, you think the, these lads they they could they can bother us, and it's it, and it's harder because I've got to go to college with these sods the next day, and you know for the first time ever in our adult life, Everton were a genuine threat, and yeah. not only were they a genuine threat, suddenly they pulled out their greatest ever side. It is today that I think they're still their greatest ever side. Yeah, it's hard to argue, isn't it? It's it yeah. was a, a side that you know could have gone on, and um, if, if Liverpool hadn't have been the team they were, Everton. Could have won a lot more, you know. They were unfortunate. They could have that. won the double. They should have won yeah. the double. Well, so that's as simple as that. That's it. It was a, a year that obviously Liverpool do do the double that year, and they they beat Everton in the FA Cup final. But it, it could have gone the other way, you know. It could easily have gone the other way, as you said. I remember. And I remember the week before we played Chelsea, thinking, "I'll take one each." Yeah, and the, and the cup was was just as big as the league in those days because we you know we we hadn't won it since since seventy four. And yeah. it was it was just and it meant something. The FA Cup meant something in those days. And I remember thinking, yeah, one each. And then of course we win the league. And then you think, maybe not one each. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it better if we win both now. Yeah. And to get past that side, to go on the run we did, because, um, again, I've said this to Mike recently, that was not a great Liverpool side. The 85-86 side, we, we, got, we got through purely on sort of vapours and muscle memory. We know what to do to win the league. And Everton won the league the year before, and therefore Rush went mad. We had Jan Malby's, and we, we got a lot of penalties. And we, I won't lie about that. And, and Jan got, um, was, you know, a cult hero in those days. And penalty goal. And, he, you know, he, he was just, his was the first name sang on the cop in those days. I can remember as well. Had he only signed that year or was he the year before? It was the year before. He came in onto Fagan, but this yeah. was his year when he really, really came in. He into the team, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I agree just, with Maka, by the way. Imagine if they weren't drinking. What a side they would have been. Yeah, it's true. Like when, <laughs> when you think about it, um, it, it's one of the, you know, people level it in the 80s that Man United had their drinking culture and Everton, Liverpool had it as well, you know, but Liverpool were winning, so they were, they were getting away with it a bit more. But but that Everton team, you know, it was it was a hard team, wasn't it? It was Peter Reid was a, a tough, tough player well. in midfield. They had um, Graham Sharp. They had Lineker, Gray. All these guys throughout the eighties that were that were just tough. Bracewell tough was teams. Bracewell, Bracewell, Bracewell was a very unlucky with injuries, but wasn't he? Um, Funny, and he lost four cup finals in his career. Four cup finals. Four cup finals. And, and, and what, what a player he was as well. And, you know, Gary Stephen, Trevor Stephen. Yeah. And, uh, and no one liked Neville no one liked him. The, the, the greatest man in the world. <laughs> Every, everyone likes. We all, we like we liked him even then. Yeah. And. Uh, and you know, and you, you just look at that side, and there was no weakness. You know, who who do you attack there? Yeah, maybe Pat Van Den Hell. Yeah, Pat <laughs> and he was Van playing. But, but that's he was a tough player, Pat Van Den Hell. Like even he was filthy. Yeah, he was a dirty player, wasn't he? Like yeah, so it, absolutely like, was. It's it's something that myself and Gav we done this show last week, and, and we both sort of were saying that our earliest memories of Liverpool fandom would have been eighty six, the the cup final, and then eighty seven, eighty eight. Um, was when we sort of really remembered as kids watching Liverpool, but you're obviously at the coal face of all this sort of thing. You're going to games then. You said that 85, 86 team wasn't great. Does it improve the following year or is it a case no. of 87? Eight, eight, 87 for me, from what I can remember, had the hangover of Rush going. We all yeah. knew Rush was going. And that was in, I mean, Everton won the league. Everton won the league on the last day, but. My emotional memory of that was Everton were always going to win the league. They were just better than we were. You know, we, we'd lost the uh, the League Cup final. Rush lost his record a bit of, of scoring, and Liverpool winning, Liverpool losing happened for the first time, and then happened again straight afterwards. Norwich, I think. Um, See, so yeah, I can remember things like that, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast. It's ridiculous. And um, oh, <laughs> eighty seven wasn't a happy season at all, but. Then you know 80, 87, 88, We're all gutted because Russia's gone, and then suddenly yeah. the world goes mad. Um, that that, that it's, was it's, a it's, great it's, it's still a season. It's still yeah. A season. That's yeah, what I was going to ask you. Yeah, that's what. I, and if it's something someone asked in the chat earlier, what's the your favourite ever Liverpool team? Is it this team? Uh, and we had this discussion, me and Gav, and we'd said eighty seven, eighty eight was always the the benchmark for us, even as kids. Until now, but do you still write that eighty seven, eighty eight team as the team? No. No, 78 79 is the greatest yeah. Liverpool side I've ever seen. You see, I wasn't even born, so I'm taking a swear <laughs> on that. I wasn't from, going, from I wasn't going, but from everything I know and reading and looking back, uh, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal side, wasn't that, it? That's um, Liverpool's greatest midfield. You have Terry McDermott and you have 
Soon as Ray Kennedy and Jimmy Case. Yeah, I mean, it has everything really, doesn't it? I know we're going back in time here again, but it yeah. does have everything. It's it. If you can name me a tougher midfield than that, you'd be doing well. But that can play ball as well, you know. It's but, but on, on the handsome side. If you look at that midfield, they're all goals, all of them, yeah. uh, and three of them can tackle. Yeah. So you know, and, and one of them, by the way, is the greatest midfielder in the world. I'm still convinced. People talked about Platini in those days. Nah, Graham Souness is the greatest midfielder in the world. Yeah, and. Uh, so that, so that was just how I felt. That was just, the 79 side was just, I mean, I was very, very young. I was like 10, 10, 11, but they were my heroes. I, I, I didn't even like David Johnson and it didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. Because David I, I even, Johnson, the you, was he not? He played for Evan. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Kieran, the same was soon as a good player. And I don't know if he's messing, um, but it seems that we're talking about him. How would you describe him? Like, I, I, I wrote that he, 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 people know him as the, the commentator now at the pundit, but describe him. I, I used to write for fanzines, and um, I remember I wrote an article once, and I said, so this was early on in Gerard's career, and I said, if Steven Gerrard puts 100% into every single training session he does for the rest of his life, he might be three quarters of the player that Graham Souness is. Yeah. That, that's, how I, that's how much I value Graham Souness. Um, he was just... Ian Rush wrote two autobiographies. Obviously, they were all sorts of puff pieces because they were all ghostwritten and what have you. Yeah. And he said, he, he remembers being at Portman Road once and they were a goal behind. And Souness gave the talk instead of Bob Paisley. And he said, it was basically like having your big brother on the pitch. No one, yeah. if you got a kick off a centre-half, you didn't get kicked twice. Souness would go yeah. and have a word with them. And um, the, I don't know if he's better than, than, than Gerard as such, but... Uh, the, the totally different players. Jeff, it's hard Jimmy, to compare the year, isn't it? Like, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't play Souness as, as, as number ten. No, no. That, that wasn't this game. He dropped back rather than went forward. Yeah. But um, you know, there was, and Liverpool did go to a three occasion. If you would, he just dropped deep, and that's where you push the fullbacks up. Yeah. But um, it was always his ball. Yeah. Always. And if you, there's a, if you, if you, anyone wants to Google um, Graham Souness and John McGovern, there's a great photo of him just holding John McGovern, who's a hard lad by the yeah. throat. At a game, and um, yeah, yeah, you're right, Kerry. He, he is a bit like Roy Keane, but sort of, but with better passing. Yeah, and he scored the odd hat trick, and he had better hair. It see that that's the thing, isn't it? Like Kieran, I'm not picking on you. You know, uh, you put a few comments in that he, he just from footage he saw, you thought he was just a hatchet man. He was so much more. Than no, that. no, no. He, um, he was just um, uh, he, he could pass, he could score. And you know he was again. He was he was a bright player. Uh, I met him last year for the first time, and I've, I've been saying for years. Obviously, he gets a lot of abuse because of the sun stuff. Yeah. And I've been saying he is the player I want a pint with him more than anyone else, yeah. just to pick his brains. And um, I, 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 he's a, he's an ambassador of the charity I work for. So I, I wangled a chat with him during a meal once, and um, he's absolutely lovely. He's yeah. a really really nice man. Uh, of course, I was shaking throughout the entire conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, as I said this again, I said this to Mike. It, it looks like he could play now. Yeah, he's absolutely whippet thin. You can like I'm sure he still plays or he runs. He definitely was a runner because like, of his heart problems. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, he's, he's, he's a great guy to me. Yeah, he, to and me. a lot of people of that generation would be. Like I said, my parents sort of grew up in that era as well, and the sun thing sort of tarnished them with a lot of people, didn't it? But I think you know. He, he's he he regrets that, and we all know he, he regrets that. And I think it's a lot of people have sort of not forgiven it, but 
have moved on from that. You know, Graeme Souness is named as heirs to be mentioned up there as the in, in the Liverpool sort of Hall of Fame, the Mount Rushmore or whatever he's, you want he's to top, say. He's top five for me. Always will yeah. be top five. Yeah, he's an unbelievable player. And a lot of the lads in the chat are putting it in there. You know, it's it, it's he was a hard man, and but he controlled everything. He wasn't afraid. Even when he got older and he was playing for Rangers, you know, he again as a player manager, similar to Kenny in 85-86, someone hits kicks a Rangers player Sionis is going looking for him and he's yeah. I don't know what age is he's 35 37 or whatever yeah. at that stage and he's getting stuck in like he, you didn't mess with Graeme Sionis and he, he was he was the man and you're right that 78 79 team is is the one that's be, between them the 87 88 and now the current team they say are the the ball playing best teams ever I don't know how yeah. you rate the current team but um We'll go back to the 87-88 period. So, as you said, Rushy is gone. Rushy's gone to Juventus at that stage. All those brought in the January, I think, before, isn't it? He's he's yeah. in there, but he, he's not part of the real team yet. So, they, they bring in Barnes, they bring in Beardsley, they bring in Houghton. That year, is it is it that it clicks for Kenny as well that season, the, the management lark? Is is that what happens then as well? He's not playing anymore at that stage, is he? Yeah, he's he's, he's gone by then. Yeah, uh, in fact, he plays the last game of the season. I think mm. I know that's nineteen ninety. He played nineteen ninety last game of the season against Derby, and uh, Derby away. And yeah, it just kicks in. Of course, we can't go to the cop because the cop's closed for the first yeah. three games. So we play Oxford first game of the season, and I'm so proud of this. I was the first player person on the cop that season. There you go. Claim to fame. Uh, I queued up and I sprinted onto the cop. I beat some other black coming down the top stairs. And um, then it was just like, it was like Liverpool plus. Uh, and, and by the time, like, you know, the end of the summer, like, you know, you go to night games and it's still light, but it gets darker throughout and then like the floodlights yeah. come on. Um, I, I said, again, I said this recently on a podcast, an old man just turned to me and said, this is like the 60s again, lad. This is like <laughs> the 60s. It yeah. always used to be like that. You get a ground, a, a, you know, an hour early because it's like you're, you're rubbing your hands thinking, come on. Come on, let's go and have this again. There was there was no tension about you know are we going to lose this week? Are we going? It wasn't you. Uh, are we going to um, you know are we going to do it this? There, there was no we might win this. You know let's get behind the team. It's literally come and entertain us. Yeah, and, and, and that's what we did. And we again we were talking about the team as well, and it's a different game nearly, isn't it? There's there's a squad of maybe fifteen guys that year that are that are playing, and it's not like it is these days, but. The team had everything, didn't it? 87, 88. You, you have Barnes and Gav spoke about Barnes being his favourite player. Um, what do you remember Barnes at this this time? You're going to the game, obviously. What's the mood around? Because I know there was um, a lot of racial stuff still in the air back then, uh, even at, at Anfield. Was it something that you were aware of at that stage? Probably what, 8, 19? It, it was hypocritical. There was, I remember... Was I remember Mark Chamberlain, no, Alex yeah. Oakley Chamberlain's dad, yeah. playing uh, for Sheffield Wednesday against us, and, he, and him getting some racist abuse. Yeah. And then the same play, people were singing Johnny Barnes the next five, you know, a minute later. Yeah. You know, so that was that was going on a lot, and he was such an intelligent player. And then when he spoke, you listened. Yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't always a popular choice because there was like you know, is he going to go to Arsenal? Is he going to go to Spurs? There's a lot of that going on before the summer. People are saying John, John Holder, he's played for Oxford and Newport United, yeah. and. Newport County, sorry, and and now he's Ian Rush, and he was yeah. twenty eight. Remember that he was, he was old when he came to us, old as was, yeah. and uh, and then suddenly, like you put them all on the pitch, and it's like the, the big sign was Beardsley. It really yeah. was two years Such beforehand. Beardsley plays against Newcastle for us, drew drew one one, and at the end of the game, and it's Newcastle. He runs over and applauds the cop. 
as if to say, see you next year, lads. And that was like yeah. nearly two years later. So when Bersley turned up, I came up to see Bersley. I want to see Bersley more than anything else. Because he was a number seven and he was next, he was next in the line. You know, yeah. Keegan, Douglas, now we've got Bersley, and this is how it's and, gonna be. And you could tell, couldn't you, the type of player that, that Beardsley was was he the was, type that you wanted, that you knew was Kenny sort of heir apparent. Paul Walsh didn't work out with because of injuries or whatever, he yeah. could never take on that mantle, but Beardsley was the real deal. So yeah. Barnes sort of comes in under the radar because Barnes is about 900,000 from what for Beardsley's 1.9, is that 1.8? 1.7, I think it was. Yeah, around that. But he's the sort of the England no, you're forward. right, it was 1.9. Yeah, he's the England forward. He's, he's the marquee signing. He's the one He's the one the press turned up for, yeah. And that's what, they, they just all click, don't they? They just all, it, it just happens for them. They they all um, just click from nearly from day one, well, early on that season and they just march on. It was a, an unbelievable season. It's not, you've also got to consider because he's very much overlooked. You've got to think about Steve Nichol as well. Yeah. Because Steve Nichol could play either role on fullback. He could play up front when he wanted to. Yeah. Um, there's that famous game at Newcastle away where he's, he's basically playing. He's, he's, a, he's a left back, right back, central midfield, and he plays right and gets a hat trick yeah. as a defender. And uh, he was he was just an immaculate footballer. And Tony Evans got a lot of stick recently on Twitter for saying that. Uh, um, you know, people compare people will, will compare him to Maldini. He was getting laughed at for that. He, he was just amazing. Stephen Hill yeah, was just an incredible it, footballer. It's easy to overlook players of that era. You know, like Maldini was the the golden boy coming into the the nineties or whatever. But Steve he's got Nichol, better hair. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think he looks better. You know, and and a lot of players maybe look better than Steve Nichol. And Steve Nichol had um, a reputation maybe for not being the sharpest uh, person. Uh, you know, when he took uh, the peno in 84, was it? He he took yeah. the ball and uh, what's he doing? He wasn't even meant to be taking one. Yeah. Um, he probably, that goes, you know, when you, you look at someone and you think, you shouldn't be a good footballer. Or yeah. you're not he's from, he's from United. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? And that, that's the great thing about, you know, Andy Robertson these days where you get all these people saying like, you know, oh, yeah, we've got to buy Mbappe because he's brilliant and stuff like that. In those days, we bought people from Air United, from, yeah. well, you know, Northampton. Falkirk. Um, yeah. Oxford. You know, that, that, that sort of thing. Oxford, Oxford and Newport, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and Steve Nichol, uh, United, one thing about him twice. I can't, I can't remember where we didn't go from. Someone, it was in Dundalk, wasn't it? Home Farm, that was it. We oh, played for Home man. Farm. Oh, it's yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's a strange place to send a scout. I think yeah. if a European champions, but we did, obviously. So, you know, yeah, it it's, it's weird. There was a few guys came from home farm into Liverpool. Um, I know Mark Kenny would have done it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. He went in in ninety one from home farm, and yeah. there was someone else around eighty three. Uh, I can't think of who it was. Um, well, but, yeah, now Staunton came from Dundalk. Um, That's right. Yeah, it was, but there was, you know, it was a, it was a, a pathway, as you said. You're looking at people nowadays on Twitter. You want, as you said, Mbappe, or you want Griezmann, or you want all these top players. But back then, Liverpool were winning things, yeah. and they were just bringing players in from the right player. It was the right player. It didn't matter the profile. It yeah. was the right player at the right time, and it was something they done regularly, as you said. They, they're bringing in um, Ronnie Whelan from Home Farm. They're bringing in. Ian Rush from Chester, you know, it's, yeah. they're not marquee players. It was yeah. something I spoke to me dad about, actually, we were, I was going to do one on a show about something Grizz, who does the shows, was, was asking me about um, when we won leagues in the 80s, did we 
strengthen, you know, the, that summer to build on that. I know you had to speak to me dad about this and he went, we went through a season by season who Liverpool signed and it wasn't the years they were winning the league that they were bringing no. in players. Very rarely, it was probably the years they didn't, like 87, 88, they have a bit of a splurge because they didn't win the yeah. league before that and even I think 89 when Arsenal win the league I think did they boy Hussein the following summer like they, they bought big when they went yeah, same, same, same played 88, 89 yeah yeah so it's 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 sort of um, it, it's a contradiction that you have to boy I know it's a thing a Premier League thing more so than a, a football um, a football thing but the 80s goes on. Um, you're going to the match quite regular now. When did you start sort of going to a ways? Would that have been in the 80s or would it have been later? I, I, later, to be honest, much later. I didn't do... Um, because I moved to London in 88. Yeah. Uh, so, so, sorry, the, the um, late 88, October 88. So I'm going to the odd London game because I live in London. And I, so I used to go to West Ham. I went to Wimbledon, remember that. Yeah. Um, it, it was much later. I started going regularly to a ways. And... Uh, you know, but but of course, in those days, it's it's seaters and seater stadiums and stuff like that. So you got to plan a lot more. But no, so I've never sort of a, I've never sort of a, you know a train going away game yeah. like if cars and things with mates yeah. rather than yeah. if, <laughs> if it's things, in yeah. London, you'll go and you'll watch it. But it's funny you mentioned that like West Ham, Wimbledon. What were they like to go to back then as stadiums? And as I went to I love, I love Upton Park. I absolutely love yeah. Upton Park because it was horrible. Uh, I'm a bit weird like this because I absolutely love, absolutely love horrible grounds where, you know, you're not meant to feel welcome. That's the point of it. And I, and I think that is the point of a football ground. It's welcoming for the home fan and it's horrible for the away end. And yeah. uh, um, I went to the League Cup game where in uh, West Ham were bottom of the league and we were top by a mile and they battered us 4-1 and Paul Ince played for them and ran us all over the pitch. And we're playing like Burroughs and people like that, Gary Ablett, yeah. Mike Marsh, that sort of team. And uh, what I remember more about that game than anything else was like they didn't have the fence up for some reason. And that was the first time, like, you know, if, if you're used to standing behind the fence, yeah. when they take it down, you think, there's something missing here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not watching, I'm not watching it through a grill, and I'm used to watching it through a grill, which is not everything about it now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that was difficult. Plow, I went to Plough Lane and just horrible. I love horrible grounds. I went to the new den when we played. Um, sorry, the den as it was in those days. With yeah. uh, when 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 Millwall were up for that season, and in fact, that's quite funny because my my uni was um, you you could get a job being a steward at Millwall, and like it's really but that's it. All, all the northern people that do in my course went, yeah, fine, yeah, free football. Yeah. Don't, don't don't fancy Millwall being a steward. Nice, <laughs> I might give that one a miss. Yeah, um, I didn't get that job actually. It was three quid a three three quid a shift. And um, I'm talking like I'm again. I'm talking like I'm down the mine or something. But um, yeah, that that was quite. But of course, it was all standing for the for that. So it wasn't that much of a difference. It's just that Liverpool occasionally played in a different kit colour, yeah. and it wasn't the cop. Yeah. So whole whole yeah. whole lot different these days. It's it's much more sanitised these days, and rightly so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a tough old uh, tough old gig back then, you know. And yeah. again, you 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 say that you feel like you're talking about so many years ago, and it's not that long, you know. It's no. not that long ago. No, I, was, I was at um, the Millwall uh, Cup game in two thousand and four, five, uh, maybe the year after. And we won we won three 0 and there's supposed riot in the ground during the League Cup game, and that was horrible. That was just horrible. And yeah. that's the first time like, they they put over the Atano and say um, the away fans will be kept back for half an hour, and everyone's going, yeah, fine. 
I'll stick back, thanks. I'm happy with that. I'll just sit down. Yeah, that was a nice night. I, I was on, um, what's the name of that gobshite? Uh, <laughs> oh, John Gaunt, the very, very right-wing DJ thing, and there's all this stuff about, you know, Liverpool fans fighting in the ground and what have you. And this, this is 2005. Yeah. And um, I, I went on the next day and said, by the way, I was in London Bridge before that game where we were rioting. I was there for two hours. I was in the pub opposite and nothing like that happened at all. And he started arguing. And I, I used the term, your, your uh, Stalinist revisionism on your TV, on your program. And he like, he stopped dead because I'd used like a, a polysyllabic word. So he just wants me to go. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't expecting like a reasoned debate about yeah. it. And they got me off, but they put me on the news. <laughs> I remember I've gone massively off topic here. I know. But, no, bro, uh, that's what we're all about. You got whatever you want. <laughs> we're all about this sort of stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Don't be worrying about that. You go where you want to go with yeah, this. They, they put like a, this, this Liverpool fan, they'll use this Liverpool fan said this. Oh my God, it's me. Yeah. I think it's because they haven't used the term Stalinist revisionism every before. So yeah. there you go. They wrote it down and anyway, and used it afterwards and say, <laughs> but Carl, this is your Liverpool life. So you can talk about whatever you want on this. You know, if that's what you yeah. want to talk about, this is all about your experiences. And you know, if it goes on a tangent, so yeah. So yeah. before we move on, anyone that's listening, lads, if you are, in the chat there just give us a little like uh any new fans around just give us subscribe you know he's ourselves go on share it do all the good stuff um so we're back to yourself so carl what what area did you want to move on to because i know we're not going to go through each sort of uh we'll be here till tomorrow if we go through each each era so into the 90s what what are your highlights of that sort of decade into the 90s it was the it was probably the 95 season 95 mm-hmm. 96 it, it was the when Roy Evans took over from Sunes, really, and the, the, there was a big game where we've just got Bab and we've got Ruddock and Scales, and someone's going to have to drop out of the midfield. I remember thinking, who's it going to be? Yeah. I hope it's Redknapp. Mm-hmm. And it was Redknapp. Because I just, cause it just wasn't, because people were just running through us all shit. We're just running through us all the time. And um, I was thinking, yeah, we want some hard lads in there. We really, really want some hard lads. Sunes went the other way, actually. Sunes just brought in hard lads, but no one who could play a ball. Yeah. And, you know, Julian Dix and people like that. And um, that mid-90s side that went on to not win the league in, eight, in 96 and 97, that was for the first time I'd seen Liverpool go from bad to good. Because growing up, it was just good all the way through. As, as Paisley famously said, I remember the bad times. One year, we finished second. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was a bad year. You know, yeah. but then we, then we suddenly started dropping down. Yeah, this is, this is the Spice Boys area and all, and all that. And McAteer can talk about, you know, yeah, yeah, we weren't like that at all. Our attitude was, was perfect. Neil Ruddock was playing that side. Yeah. Neil Ruddock was a disgrace as a Liverpool player. He was brilliant yeah. in his first season. I've got to say that. He really was. He's very much overrated, underrated for that. But, you know, he's yeah. playing the, you know, you know about the famous pass the pound game. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. it's Liverpool, lads. Yeah. yeah. And t- t- take, take that back to Millwall. We don't do that here. Yeah. But that's it. It's it's a, a, an attitude thing that you see. Man, you have obviously moved away from from that, and they're becoming successful. And Arsenal are not quite at the Arsenal Wenger area yet. But just yeah. change happening in the game, isn't there in England? And Liverpool were just sort of left behind a bit. And when you have the likes of Ruddock there, and you have a culture, you know. They were a good. They were a great team, actually. That that era, it was a great team. The boys. That, that's the most. That's the most frustrating thing about it. Yeah. Uh, shall I? I'll answer the past the pound question then. Yeah. So it, it was a thing that I don't know if Ruddock started it, but basically, if someone went onto the pitch with a pound coin in their hand, and by the end of the half, 
every time you'd run past someone or you or you celebrated them or something or did anything with them at all, you'd give you pass a pound round. And whoever ended up with a pound at the end of the half had to pay for the drinks that night. Mm. It's Liverpool fucking football club, and you're doing that. Um, Morning session, isn't it? And yeah, and it came out a lot afterwards that that, that had happened. But um, I remember Gary Neville said this on on um, the worst TV program name I've ever heard, but it's a great show. It's Gary Neville Soccer Box. That's an awful name for a TV yeah, program, but I really it's like it. Quite show. Uh, it's quite a good show, isn't it? Yeah, he, he had Fowler on, and he said. That 96 side, he said, you should have won the league, but I knew you wouldn't because I knew you were always out. Yeah. And we had a, he said, we still had a drinking culture, but no one across Ferguson. Yeah. I'm not saying this was Roy Evans' fault or, or anything like that. He just said, we just wised up a bit, you know, because they had McGrath and they had, you know, like Blackmore and they had um, Robson, all heavy drinking lads. I said, we just wised up a bit and just thought, if we stay on this, then we will beat them. We will, they will get tighter. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is the, I mean, I was going to say this before when, you know, you're talking about the drinking culture then, I've read about Michael Robinson um, when he signed for Liverpool. He was met in a service station by uh, Joe Fagan and Ronnie Moran. And they said, um, you know, they were just talking through about, you know, you know we'd like to sign him, we'd like, what would you do, et cetera. And he said, would you want a drink? So he said, yeah, I'd like a glass of water. He went, I can have a pint, so I don't mind. And he signed at that point. Well, I can have yeah. a pint. You're the head coach. So we don't care, I can have a pint. And he did. And it was never mentioned at all. Yeah. That was the culture. So I think Neville was saying then, him and Phil Neville never drank, probably still don't. And, you know, that's where Liverpool went behind a bit of that. Yeah. And it, it's a small team, but it's it's spot on, you know. Wow. They have their heads down and they're like, right, we're building something here. We know what's happening. But yeah. we're passing a pound on the pitch to see who's buying the drinks, you know. As you yeah. say, most probably led by Ruddock and it was just the, the one thing that held that team back because they were a great side, you know, it was really exciting players. And we we had everything. We had, we absolutely, yeah. I mean, but, but Manaman was absolutely fantastic and what you want to think about him now. Um, he just sounds so disappointed, Manaman. Yeah. He just sounds like just someone's just, like he's been locked out of, of a club yeah. that he really yeah. wants to go into. Oh, really? Watching this? It's only 6-0. I mean, he's got to be a bit disappointed with that. It's like, oh, God, for God's sake, man. <laughs> yeah. um, that, it's a great point actually about McManaman because again touching on a lot of people that are younger not only know McManaman as the punda and he, he is a, he's a bit of a laden mood over he, he drains the life out of everything but as yeah. a player he was a sensational footballer yeah. wasn't he no no he could, run. <laughs> he, he could run it put it on the penalty spot and basically just pass it back to the keeper he did score some great goals of course he did yeah. the, the, the worst example the best example for that by the way is a former Liverpool player who is humiliated because he's been an absolute knob and was brilliant was Mark Lawrenson. Yeah. I cannot describe how brilliant Mark Lawrenson was as a player. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Please don't. Uh, again, I'm, I'm talking about Mike a lot today, Mike Nevin, but he always says you've got to think there's Lawrenson and there's Lauro, and they are two different human beings completely. Yeah. And Mark Lawrenson was just just absolutely everything. If Mark Lawrenson was 24, you wouldn't see Joe Gomez again. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Um, it, it's a great point because so many of the the Liverpool players of, of those eras went into the, the punditry game and you do build up an opinion of them and so many of them, you're like, the, Lauro, he, he couldn't have been a ball player. He couldn't have been good. He was hard Fantastic as nails. Player. He was tough, hard as nails, but could play yeah. football as well. Even, yeah. even though he did, he did dye his hair very early on in the 80s <laughs> and was reminded by the copper pretty much every home game. Yeah. yeah, but 
like that again, touching back on what I was saying about going through and asking my dad, like about signings that Liverpool made. And he said Lawrenson was one of the big signings that they did make. That he was, he was a big expected to go into the fourth team. Yeah. And it was one, you know, it was a big where did he come from? Brighton or Brighton, yeah. The Brighton, yeah. So he came from there and you know, he was a he was a really good player and a hard player, one of the best centre halves probably in the history of Liverpool, which does say an, an awful lot about him. Yeah. A lot of people just know Laurel, you know, does the does the pred- predictions at the weekend and hasn't had Liverpool losing in two years or something. Yeah. Well, Laurel, good lad. But, <laughs> you know, as a player, he was something else, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, now, the, the, the Spice Boys, for want of a better word, they just didn't help themselves with the white suits and the cup final and all. Everything just went against them. Uh, but they were a good team. And then that sort of breaks up. Julia comes in. What did you make of the the joint manager manager? Uh, I thought it. Was, I thought it was the club being scared to let go of Roy. Sentimental, wasn't it? Just yeah, that's legend. all it was. Make a decision. Just make a decision and do it. And, and, that, was, that, and that was the chairman. It's it David Moore saying, "I don't want to sack my mate." Yeah, and it's right. You know, I I absolutely adore Roy Evans. I think he's he's, he's been fantastic for the club. Uh, yeah. I've I've met his son a couple of times as well. He's a lovely lad. It's yeah. got exactly the same voice, which is quite scary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Stephen and um, knows everything. And Roy Evans was was a hard manager, despite what people think. Yeah. Like you know, if you got bollocked by him, you got bollocked by him. Um, and but the club just didn't want to cut ties completely and go all you know. People like Ian St. John went nuts when we had a French manager. Yeah, there was still a bit of element of that going on, which was yeah, yeah. incredibly stupid attitude to take. Yeah. And and Julio basically brought Liverpool up. You know, it ended badly, but. Um, Julio just he was Arsene Wenger for us he just yeah. like said right firstly you don't do that you get fined if you do that don't think you're getting away with talking to me like that we're not going to have that again Fowler hated him obviously yeah, because um, Robbie did like to go out in town and stuff like that and um, I think he's a great manager I'm, I'm, I was really disappointed when Julio went back into management for Aston Villa because I worked for a cardiovascular charity yeah. he just wasn't well no, you, you could just tell us. I mean, it's oper- the operation he had. I know, I, know, I know a few surgeons. Lucky he made it. Very yeah. lucky. And, and he's a different. He's a different player after. A different man afterwards. Yeah, he he really was. It, it's a great point, Luke, because it was a change. He sort of brought the modern Liverpool, which yeah. he didn't see the the. The, the fruits of his labour like he won the treble in, in 01 the cup treble but he did manage to get them over the line in the league uh, even though they went close but he set it up he, he sort of moved them into that continental style that Rafa Benitez took on um, yeah. and led Roy we had a few duds then we had we had Roy Hodgson um, in between but it leads us into Klopp and the current team I won't we, did, we didn't have Roy Hodgson that was a nightmare I had yeah it didn't happen I'm not having it yeah it was it was a, it was a, an awful period of period of the, the history but we've eventually gone and won the big one now um, the big two the, well, we 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 fought <laughs> Istanbul. We stroked Istanbul in there, uh, five, and then we won. But last season, you could tell it was different, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a trophy that was won and built on sand. There was a foundation yeah. laid there yeah. to get a twenty-seven point uh, season in the league as well was phenomenal, and it, it just built up to to this season. And it, it's different than what Rafa had. It's different to what Julia had. And it it's eventually got us back to that league title. It's been a long 30 years waiting on it. But 
I, before I move on to ask you a couple of your favourites, a few of the lads are mentioning Hansen in the in the chat there. What what do you have anything to say about Alan Hansen? As a uh, the perfect defender. I don't like. I, 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 <laughs> when on the Alpha app, we used to have like a, a writer's page, and under my name, it said doesn't like ball playing centre halves. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when Hansen used to do this thing where he'd just drop his shoulder and go up the pitch, and it looked like he was going to lose at any second, but suddenly he's right on the penalty area. Yeah, just just an absolutely fantastic player, an absolute dream centre half for Liverpool. And he never really got a song at Anfield, which is always a bit disappointing. Yeah. He did it. He had, he had a little one, but it wasn't a big one. It was like, you know, shouted every now and then. But When you think about the likes of Daniel Sturridge would have loved a song, listen, if Alan Hansen doesn't have a regular song, Danny, yeah, he, you know, it, it, they don't get given out willy-nilly, you know. Um, I've always yeah, said, it's really would you agree with that? Uh, Avo, as good in his day as VVD is now. Would you agree with that about Hansen? Different, different type of defender, I'd say. Um, I think Virgil van Dijk has got to do at least another seven years before he gets to Alan Hansen stage. Just because Alan Hansen won so many, many, so many medals. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's a um, that's a talent thing. I think that's a longevity thing. It, it is true, you know. It's it's longevity. I suppose the air. It's hard. You won't see many players staying as long at clubs as as they would have done then. But it yeah. it. it, it to, to beat them sort of legends, you do have to put a bit of a shift in, don't you? And yeah. get the medals on the on the table. And at the end of the day, say, right, you have more medals, but mine counts for more. And then they can have yeah. the discussion at that stage. Yeah. So before we go, Carl, right, and it's been great talking to you because your, your experience at the match, you know, it's it's enlightening us that we haven't. We This is the third show we've done of this. And the fourth one was with a lad, Stroh. And Stroh is sort of only in his 20s, I think, so he's Liverpool life is a lot later. And then Gav's the same age as me as a kid in 87, 88. So you're even going before that, which is great to get that um, yeah. that, that uh, viewpoint in. And the lads in the chat, it's it's bringing a lot of memories back for them as well. So over all those years, who was your favourite Liverpool player? <laughs> Ray Kennedy, of course it is. I talk about Ray Kennedy every single day if I could. Um there's a, there's a lad called Andy Nott who does, Andrew Nott who does the um, he does the murals on the cop, yeah. and um, we the, the day we did one for Ray Kennedy the Arsenal four four game where you know there's a big number five on that he yeah. just summed it up perfectly for me he said Kenny was my favourite but Roy was my hero but uh, Ray was my hero yeah and I thought my God you know when someone just sums up your entire life in one sentence that's what that felt like for me that is absolutely yeah. perfect yeah of course Kenny's your favourite of course he is because he's perfect. But Ray Kennedy was just my hero, just because he just looks so cool. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he, he's a bit scary and he's a bit, you know, uh, if, you, if you got tackled by him, you knew it. Um, but he was one of the greatest players I've ever seen in my life. And I'm privileged it's, to say I know him now. And uh, it's, um, it's a, uh, I, 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 I will still stand and talk to him and think the 10 year inside me, the 10 year old me would say, that's Ray Kennedy. And it's still, after the age my hero, yeah, always will be my hero. Yeah. That that's brilliant because like like I said, my parents loved Ray Kennedy as well. So when I was growing up and you'd be watching, you know, the official history of Liverpool and all, me dad would be like, No, this is Ray Kennedy. You watch Ray Kennedy. Ray yeah. Kennedy was mustard, he was the man. And it's weird because he was a centre forward when we bought him, wasn't he? He comes from yeah. Arsenal, centre yeah. forward, and he gets converted to the left left hand side of the midfield. Was he left yeah. left hand side? But he was some player, wasn't he? He was just um it scored goals, he could do it all. He was just 
it was just a great player. It's the way he read the game more than anything else. I mean, as uh, the great Peter Jones used to say, the commentator, he looks like he's playing in slippers. Yeah. Um, he, he just read everything perfectly, and he, la- he lays on <laughs> he lays on the ball for Verkloff in seventy seven against yeah. San Etienne, which looks like a boot down the pitch, but it isn't. Yeah. You know, you know where David Verkloff is going to be. I still maintain that he's taken the greatest ever throw in in Liverpool's history in Paris nineteen eighty one, and. Uh, he agrees with me. <laughs> he's, 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 a very, he's a very funny man. And yeah, uh, yeah he, he was just absolutely everything. And the same for when I met Sunes. I mentioned that in Uray and um, he just shared me some stories with him. And he, he was telling his agent, like, you know, do you know what Ray Kennedy did for Liverpool? Do you know what he was like? And he said he was just like, he was like three goals. He'd get like 10, 10 or 12 a season, which midfield in those days was, well, the strikers got the goals in those days. Yeah. And, you know, and just, to, just because he'd been a forward himself, He'd won everything. He'd won the double, the double at 20, sadly against us, because he, he beat yeah. us in the 71 Cup final. And uh, won absolutely everything in his life. And he did it all with Parkinson's disease. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing, isn't it, Luke, yeah. when you think about that. And Avo says, uh, how you met him? How did you How did you meet Ray? I um, wrote about him. Uh, I, in for the fans, he used to write through for Three Women and Rain. And then I Googled his doctor, uh, who wrote a book about him called Ray of Hope. And he put me in touch. He, he emailed me at one day at work and said, if you want to talk to Ray, here's his number. He said he's happy to take a call from you. And mm. I didn't do much work for the rest of that day. <laughs> and um, we basically raised some money for him as well. We did an appeal for him a few years ago. Um, me, me and my mates just to, because um, he had to sell all his medals and stuff. So we yeah, managed to buy him. We, we bought him a new bathroom. Yeah. Because the ability still not great yeah. But he's, he's yeah. doing a lot better these days. Uh, that's good to hear because it's very sad when you hear stuff like that. It, it's very, very, um, very sad when you hear the players that did that get the medal halls like that. Because as you said, not even for us, you know, he wins the double for Arsenal. Um, you know, he's he, he's won an awful lot. He's got a lot of England caps well, and all that sort of thing. So he won seventeen caps because he's he's up against Trevor Brooking, and yeah. you know, it's, and, you know, it's Ron Green was the manager. You know, he's great. Yeah. You know, Trevor Brook, he's not going to drop him. Well, I can tell you what happened at that game in two thousand and nine, the four four against Arsenal. So yeah. we we agree. The club, Rick Parry was actually really good to us. I've got to say that. He, he said, yeah, you can have the mosaic and he pay for all the cards and everything. Lovely. And I got talking because it was Arsenal. Um, we got we got Ray down for the game and I said, um, I got talking to some Arsenal fan groups, you know, because I've been talking to through to, to the appeal and stuff and said, we're going to do a big mosaic for him with his shirt number, the big number five on it. And um, one of the lads said, well, can we have one? So he's the only player to have two murals at Anfield. So he has a number 10. With the, the yellow shirt with the blue number ten on it, yeah. my my, my hands would like to say that was the greatest number one because he designed the number one that day. We let him design it, yeah, uh, and, and I can also tell you this: this talk talk about being um, modest. Um, he wasn't supposed to go on the pitch at halftime because he said, "I don't think people rem- will remember me." Yeah, and he, he got out of the car two hours before the game started, and he took him about ten minutes to get into the ground. Yeah, absolutely mad. But it's it's amazing, isn't it? Like the players of that generation and. The, you know, Graeme Souness would, if he was a bar of chocolate, he'd eat himself. You know, it was yeah. very well documented that that's yeah. how he built himself. But you talk about Ray Kennedy or Jimmy Case, you know, yeah. they're different, different beasts altogether. But they're, they're just legends in Liverpool. And the thing about Liverpool fans, they do know they're legends, you know. So it's yeah. no surprise that Ray Kennedy doesn't think he'll get recognized. No, and no. Gets you know, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's great. Yeah, to, Ray Kennedy, it's not a player that even you get you hear much, so I'm delighted we're talking about him. Uh, because a lot of people will go for the obvious shouts, King Kenny, they'll go for Sunes, they'll yeah. go for Hansen or the modern players, you know, Gav went with Barnes. We'll we get someone saying Gerard, you know, that sort of thing. So it's great to hear the player from left field, nearly literally from left field. But uh I, I can also tell you that um great uh, Ray said the greatest player in Liverpool's history is Stephen Gerrard. There you so, go. To, to, to which I went, hang on, you you were in the changing room with Sunes and yeah. Kenny and you, yes, Gerard. Yeah, so they, they, yes. they, they know good players when they see it, don't they? Yeah. If, if you played in that Liverpool team in the seventies and early eighties, you, you can tell a good player. Yeah. Um, a question I usually ask for a bit of fun is, what's your favourite Liverpool kit? Is that something you're oriented in? Is there an iconic kit that you remember? Is it one from your youth, or is it? Can I show you? So show me if you want. To. I've just bought the shirt. Hang on. Good man. This is it's what I love. I love all this. I've just knocked a guitar over doing that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Ah, there, it is. there you go. Ray, does that have on the back of it, does it? Look at that badge, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It's quality. Absolutely quality. Love that. And what, was that 79? Was that what that That was 79, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, again, it's an iconic kit, isn't it? It's um. Yeah. Again, the first player that comes to mind, I see that's Ray Kennedy, surprisingly. Yeah. Even though I'd say 76 as well with, with just the white bands and just the liver bird. Yeah. But a very, very gold liver bird. And yeah. it, it just, it's basically that without, without the word Hitachi on it. Yeah. Oh, and I, don't, I don't think we've done any better than that. Yeah. And it's a proper red as well. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice colour, nice shade. Everything about it is just right, isn't it? it it's an, it's yeah. an iconic kit. And another one... Kevin, okay, okay, I can tell you that the guitar is okay. I do that three times a day. <laughs> it, it's, it's well used to getting knocked over, is it? <laughs> it really is. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, another one, your favourite game over those years, Carl? What would be your favourite you've been to? The favourite game, your favourite you've been to? favourite game I've ever been to was the 89 Cup Final against Everton. For obvious reasons, yeah. um, I was in the Everton end as well, and we went through the mill that day. And it was because of Hillsborough and everything; it was a sense of relief. We'd won the um, uh, we hadn't won the we hadn't won the cup, and then suddenly we were winning it in tw- twice in, in what four yeah. years or whatever it was eighty six and eighty nine, and big emotional day. And also, I just moved to London as well, and we were playing up the road, so that was yeah. quite nice. I was at the Forest Five Nil as well, I should say. Yeah. And I was, the, I was at the Palace 9-0. And I'll tell you something about the Palace 9-0 was half-time, it was 9-0, and everyone around me said, this is going to be 10. <laughs> we just we just, we just got a feeling. It's really weird. Everyone around me said... Sometimes, it's like when I was at Wembley for the, the Wimbledon Cup final. Everyone yeah. around me said, oh, we're just going to miss this penalty. We just knew. You know, you just feel it sometimes. Yeah, you could sense everyone, it. Everyone knew Palace was going to be at least 10-0. Yeah. Uh, 10-0. Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> you're spoiled, don't you, for these things? Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that. Um, we spoke, me and Gav spoke about that game as well. The, the everything. And what was your sense of that? We were saying you got the sense that right, it was Liverpool won it, and the FA Cup took on a huge importance that year. Liverpool lose the league to Arsenal uh, in yeah. the last the last game, but with everything that happened with Hillsborough, it's nearly like the FA Cup took on more significance. Now we're probably looking at that with nearly romantic. Um, tinted glasses but the fact that you're playing everything in the final was there a sense of the FA Cup obviously they want to win the league but was there yeah. any sense that the FA Cup had taken on that sort I know it was a big thing back then and anyway but had that well, a lot of us didn't want to play it didn't want to be in, be, be in the competition um, but because Everton had got to the final we thought 
it seems right that we get to the that we play this. Yeah. And let's talk about, you know, people winning it for the ninety five as it was in those days. Yeah. And um it wasn't a case of that. It was a case of it was really important, it was Everton. It just what I mean it had it been anyone else, it wouldn't have been it would have yeah. been just been a game. But it was that was a United City that it just felt like that. Again, yeah. I was in the I was in the Everton end. I I, I had one incident, but it wasn't a bad one. I got told by Blue before beforehand when he saw my scarf that uh, if that if we score, I, if I celebrate, he'll kill me. And yeah. I said, no problem. I'm not going to disrespect you. I, t- I said this on the Alfred recently, and uh, I said, no, I'm not going to celebrate. We score in four minutes. I went fucking berserk. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the game, he shook my hand. Yeah, and that's got, 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 got to give him that. Yeah, it's it's the emotion, I suppose, of the day, isn't it? And yeah. it's, it's it was one that. As you said, you've been to the nine nil, you've been to the forest five nil, but that just has everything the the emotion around it and a great game as well. A great yeah. game on the day. Um, I wish it wasn't I wish it wasn't quite so great because yeah. we won it we won it three times and then started to hang on at the end. <laughs> That's what it yeah. felt like anyway. But like that Everton, as we said, they were a great team in that day, back in those yeah. days. And um Stuart McCall, was, yeah. very good. Stuart McCall comes out of nowhere really, doesn't he? Makes a name yeah. from and that great player a great player so listen Carl it's we'll leave it there um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and it's been great to hear your experiences going to the games and, and just reminiscing about some great players and some great Liverpool teams so this has been your Liverpool life Carl um, do you have before I let you go do you have an, anywhere to, do you still do the Sherlock Holmes stuff uh, I'm doing so many, yeah I'm doing uh, a podcast called Sherlock from Adler to Amberley where we're examining all um, all 56 of the Sherlock Holmes short stories in order. And I've got some big Sherlock-type guests coming up quite soon, um, which, which I mean nothing to nobody, but I'm incredibly excited yeah. by that. I've basically got the Ray Kennedy to Sherlock Holmes world. My yeah. next guest is a man called Trevor Downey, would you believe? Oh. We've got him and uh, Neil Poole on because they're, they're both English they're teachers. Stories, and, 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 yeah, they're not massive Sherlock fans as such, but they know about stories. So I want, I want to get them on to talk about how the construction of the stories. I also write a, um, uh, a weekly blog, not about Liverpool called some green grass and a ball where if you want to read, I've just done something on Jack Charlton's time at um, Middlesbrough, for example, which is actually something I've been planning for a while before, you know, before he died. Uh, and if, if you want to go and read about things like um, the battle, uh, uh, the shame of he home, which John, he uh, where West Germany um, drew 1-1 with Austria in 1982 to keep someone else out of Europe, to keep Algeria out of the... Uh, they basically stitched up Algeria in the World Cup group about the most violent football games ever, about the smallest league in the world, about the worst football team in the world, which is Micronesia's under-23 sides. It's really, really niche stuff. But, um, like the sort of stuff I love. So it's, it's, uh, Yeah, and uh, I'm really pleased. A mate of mine said recently, because um, um, it's not just me, Trev writes occasionally as well. Stephen Scrag writes about it as well. And um, really, really, uh, it's just stuff like uh, things like Robin Friday. Do you know about Robin Friday? Yeah, yeah. the greatest, the greatest football he never saw. Was he Cardiff? Cardiff and Reading, yeah. Who yeah. once turned up at a, um, at a team meeting naked, carrying a goose? <laughs> you know, a very, very strange man. So it's it's an incredibly niche site, and um, to be honest, I haven't got that many followers. 
for that. So I really want to uh, big noise about that. We're really, really pleased with it though. Let's get that up and running. Um yeah. and we have a so you can follow Carl on Twitter there at the Sensi and um check our feed for Carl's piece on Jack Charlton. So with that we'll we'll start looking at other bits because this is we love all this niche stuff and uh, I know Shawnee Lawson who does be on this pod has introduced me to uh Magico Gonzalez who played for Cadiz and El Salvador. And that, that, that was okay. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I'm into. Rabbit hole on El Salvador players, a player that Maradona thought was a head case because he trained at Barcelona once, but was too much of a madman. So these. I are want to talk about Garincha who had sexual relations with a ghost. There you go. You know you this. Yeah. This is where we're at. This is where this yeah. is what we want to talk about. Forget about. Well, can, can imagine me going to the Anfield up and saying, "Robo, any chance I can whack in a piece about Garincha this week?" There you go. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I'd be. I'd be defenestrated. I believe the service <laughs> at some pace. Good stuff, good stuff. So, listen, everyone just can find Carl on that and much more. Uh, as you said, the Anfield rap everywhere, you'll see Carl and his, his stuff is brilliant. I love listening to you on everything I've heard you on. And we hope to have you on again. And it's really been a pleasure having you on here yeah. today. I can do a second hour. <laughs> you know what? I'd let you, but my young one is out there trying to get in and I'm not that's, letting her. She has to learn a lesson to bring her kids with her. But do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll get you on for part two another time where we'll talk. Yeah, let's, let's do the 2000s next. The 2000s and the, yeah. the 10s. We'll get you on for that if you're happy to come back. Listen Absolutely. An absolute pleasure. Um, again, thanks for joining us. And thanks, everyone, for listening tonight. We've been the Fatback Four, and this has been my Liverpool life with Carl Copper. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.